Good morning, Chapel. How you guys doing? Oh, come on. Wake up from that turkey hangover. How you guys doing? Everybody doing well? It's good to see everybody this morning. My name's Anthony, and uh, it's going to be a joy to be able to just share with you this morning. It's good to see everybody. Uh, gosh, what a great time of worship. Amen, church? Uh, just a, such a great time of worship. It's always great to be able to, to worship with you guys. Hey, I, I want us to pray for a couple families before we get started with the Word this morning. Is that okay with you guys? Okay, good, because we were going to do it anyway. All right. Uh, I, I want us to pray for the Springer family. Uh, Greg passed away this week, and then I want us to pray for Miss Lily's family as well. It's been a, a tougher week uh, here at Chapel, two families that we love, uh, and just, uh, man, with Jesus now, but still our hearts are hurting, uh, and I want us to pray for them today. Greg just was so good to, uh, just so easy to get to know, so easy uh, to just be a friend to, and he was a friend to so many, uh, long, long, long time faithful member here at chapel. And then Miss Lily, I tell you, man, I tell you, she, she loved Jesus. I, I told the staff in a message when we found out that Miss Lily had passed away, I said, there is no doubt that she, after, after we get to heaven, she will be one of the first people to meet us and show us all the places that we need to go and check out. So uh, would you just pray with me for those families today, Chapel. We just stand to our feet, all right? Just ask God just to move in these families. Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we thank you so much for um, the hope that you give us in you. God, and thank you for the hope that we have, God, that one day we'll be in your presence. God, and, and for some that were in the room so recently, God, that is no longer a hope, it is a reality. God, and we thank you, God, that you're with the Springer family. We pray that you'd be with Teresa. God, we pray that you'd be with Chris and Jessa. Be with that entire family. Give them comfort in this season, we pray. God, we pray this morning also, God, for Miss Lily and her daughters. God, we pray that you'd move in their life. Give them comfort as well. God, we're thankful that Miss Lily, God, is no longer in pain. God, we're thankful that she doesn't have to use a cane to get around anymore. God, she's free in your presence today, God. So just be with these families, we pray today. In Jesus' name. Everybody says, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you so much for that prayer this morning. Just continue to remember those families over the next few weeks and months, especially during this season. It's really difficult for a lot of folks. Hey, this morning we are going to be starting a new series called The Gift Exchange. The Gift Exchange. So it's this week and the next few weeks we're talking about things that we can give God, things that we can give Christ, and what we can get in return. So as we're getting ready to, to jump into that, turn to Isaiah 61, and then we're also going to be in Romans 5, Isaiah 61 and Romans 5. And, and you know, this time of year and this season, this happens in every family. This happens in, 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 in every circumstance, just about when you get ready to exchange gifts, there's always this time where, where you know what you've got somebody, you know the hard work you went into getting that gift, that went into getting that gift. You, you know the thought that went into getting that gift. So, so you give this great gift to someone. And it means a lot. There's a, a lot behind it. There, there's a lot of thought behind it. And, and maybe sometimes there's a lot of money behind it. So you give this gift to this person and they're like, oh, it's great. They love it. It's amazing. And then you get this gift in return. And your expectations are very high because you know what you put into getting the gift for these other individuals. And then you get this gift from this other person. And then it's like something like that, that you don't even need, like a t-shirt that's too small for you. 
are like a pair of socks, like a pair of warm, fuzzy socks. I got these last year. I think Lisa got these last year. Uh, it says, Mary X Moose. And you're like, uh, thank you. Thank you a lot. I think Pastor Bobby got these for us. No, I'm joking. It was Pastor Dylan. But um, anyway, it wasn't Pastor Dylan. But uh, Many times what we, what we get in exchange for what we give maybe isn't very equal. And I think there's two kinds of people at Christmas. There are the people that go above and beyond. And then there are people that are just like, oh, I'll just give whatever. And if you don't know which kind of person you are, I'm sorry. All right. Uh, but the exchange happens in every single family, there's this exchange that happens. And as we talk these next few weeks about the exchange that happens in our relationship with Jesus, how many of you know it's never equal? It's never equal. What we give to God in exchange for what he gives us in return is never equal. Amen, church? We get so much more than what he gets that we give to him. We receive so much more from him than what we give to him. We're able to give him some things that really aren't great. We're able to give him, give him some things that really aren't very fantastic in our lives. And he gives us these amazing things in return. And Isaiah 61, 1 through 3 kind of explains that whole process. And this is a scripture that Jesus read in the temple as well. And I want to I read this to you you this morning. Look at this exchange that happens in Isaiah 61. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them, listen to this, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. He gets our ashes and we get a crown of beauty. The oil of joy instead of mourning. We give him our mourning and he gives us joy, the garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And I want to encourage you guys this morning, what we give to God compared to what we get from him, we've already said this is not equal, but what we get from him is to be a display of his splendor in our lives. Church, amen? It's a display of his splendor in our lives. Can you believe that we can give him our mourning and he can give us his joy? Can you believe that we can give him our ashes and he can give us so much more in return? I'm so grateful, church, for a God that exchanges our worst for his best. I'm so glad that he exchanges our worst for his best. So, so you know, you, you've got these gifts and God, this one's... This one's heavy. I hope this one's for me. It's probably a bag of coal. I don't know. Okay. But what happens is we have this worst that we have, and we exchange it for his best. That's a pretty good exchange. What do you think, Chapel? Our worst for his best. And today, real quick, we're going to be talking about how he takes our hurt and gives us his hope. Sound like a good deal to you guys? He takes our hurt 
and gives us his hope. I love the, the scripture in Romans 5, 1 through 5. That's kind of the meat of the passage today and our message today. There's a, a great template in here of how we can exchange our hurt and get the hope that Jesus brings in our life. Let's look at it. Romans 5, 1 through 5 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope. Everybody say hope. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that, and here's the formula, suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces what? Hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given, who has been given to us. Now, it's, it's just a given. We all have experienced hurt in our lives before. We've all experienced deep hurt in our lives before. Uh, many, many times you can ask someone the, the first moment they experience hurt in their lives, and they, they can remember it just like and they can pull it up. They just know what's happened. They know that time they, they experienced hurt. And, and I can share with you guys one of the first times I experienced some hurt in my life, and it actually has to do with, with Lisa and I's relationship. Um, I've liked Lisa for a really long time, guys. And actually, the, the first time that I mustered up the confidence to ask Lisa out, Lisa's just a little bit older than me, four and a half years. Okay, just a little bit older than me. The first time I mustered up the confidence to ask Lisa out, I was a 12-year-old boy, guys. Lisa was 16, and I remember it very clearly. I had mustered up the confidence. I was 12 years old. Lisa was 16. She was driving. She had her high school buddies, and I'm still in like elementary school or whatever, you know? Like, and we, we I, like, we're together, and, and there's a moment where it's just me and her. So I go to her, and I, I ask her out, and she says the worst thing you can tell any guy that has worked up the confidence to ask a girl out. Girls, please don't do this to guys, all right? She looks at me, and first of all, she was caught off guard a little bit, but she says, well, well, why don't, I can't believe she said this, why don't we just be good friends? <laughs> dagger to the heart, dagger to the heart, and I left like, just like I was done, you know what I mean? I was done. But to give it the context we need and apply it to where we're at today, guys, I did not give up hope <laughs> in our relationship. Seven years later, uh, I asked Lisa out, and we were both in different seasons of our life, and uh, she answered a little differently that time. She said, oh, that'd be cool, and uh, that's how our relationship started, and I did not give hope, and now what, 17 and a few months, 18 years later, uh, we're still married, still together, have two great boys, and that's a silly story to tell you, but I- I'll say this, it-, it pales in comparison of some of the hurt that you guys are walking through today. I know that for some of you, this past week has been difficult. I know for some of you, Christmas is going to be hard. 
For some of you, this past year has been very hard because you have been hurt, and there are a million different circumstances that I could share with you and that you could tell us about how you've been hurt. But, but, but here's the thing I want you to hear this morning. If you hear nothing else this morning, you've got to hear this. Jesus wants to exchange your heart full of hurt for heart full of hope. Jesus wants to exchange your heart full of hurt for a heart full of hope. He wants to give you hope in him that you can't find anywhere else. There are a lot of counterfeits for hope, right guys? People say you can find it in relationships with other people. People say you can find it in money. People say that that you can find it in a career or, or in a job. People say you can find it in a lot of different ways, but make no mistake about it. The only way you can have true and lasting hope in your life is through our Savior, Jesus Christ. He brings hope when everything else fades away. He brings hope when we release our hurt to him. He brings great hope whenever we're able to say, God, here's this hurt, I'm giving it to you. Jesus is greater than your hurt this morning. Another way to put it is that the hope of Jesus is greater than the harbored hurt that's in your heart. Because we want to keep it there for a long time, don't we, chapel? A lot of us, we want to hang on to that hurt. Some of us, we've held on to hurt for so long that, that it is the thing that identifies us to this day. And we've held on to it so long that that's the only way people know us is someone that, that's been hurt. And I want to encourage you today, you, you've got to release that hurt to Jesus, amen? You've got to release that hurt to Jesus so that he can give you hope. I've heard this said before, hurt people hurt people. And if you're hurt this morning, you got to release the hurt to Jesus so you can have hope, so that you can walk in hope, because people filled with hope fill other people with hope. Amen? We don't want to be people filled with with hurt. We want to be people filled with hope. And when we're filled with hope, we can bring that hope to other people's lives as well. This this formula for hope is found in Romans 5, 3, and 4. And and I want to encourage you, you can't allow hurt to have a room in your heart. You can't allow hurt to have a room in your heart. And and here's a way that you can get rid of it. And this formula is is super super simple, found in Romans 5, three through four. It says that suffering or hurt will produce endurance and endurance will produce character and character will produce hope. Suffering or hurt will produce endurance, and endurance will produce character, and character will produce hope. If I had Pastor Bobby's fancy little drawing board up here, I'd draw some stick figures on it, like he does, and I would write these words. I would write suffering or hope, then I would write endurance, then I would write character, and I would write hope. Suffering or hurt and then endurance, and then character, and then hope. You will never get to hope if you hang on to suffering. The way you get from hurt to hope is you give the hurt to God, then you're able to push through that season of your life and and encounter some endurance and build some endurance in your life, and then that endurance produces character, and then that character gives birth to hope, amen? But you've got to release the hurt. If you don't release the hurt, you'll be stuck in hurt. And you'll never make it 
to endurance. You'll never make it to character, and you'll never get to hope. And again, I know some of us, some of the things that we're dealing with, some of the hurt that's in our lives is heavy, and it's hard. And I'm not discounting that today. And I'm not saying that you, you need to move on from, from suffering or hurt to, to endurance and then character and hope, and you've got to forget everything that happened to you. No, 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 you, 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 you don't forget it. Listen, hurt or hope doesn't discount the hurt in your life. Hope thanks it for the ride. Because the hurt is what was the catalyst in our lives to push us towards hope. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? The hurt was there that it was a thing that, that started this journey to show us there's great hope in Jesus Christ. So the suffering produces endurance, but you never get to endurance until you release the hurt and the suffering. You've got to release it to God. It doesn't mean you forget it. It just means that you give it to God in exchange. He can give you great hope. We all experience hurt, but you can't allow it to stay. Hope-filled people bring hope to people, but hurt people only hurt other people. Chapel, we've got to be people that are filled with hope and not hurt. Amen? With hope and not hurt. Listen, you celebrate, you elevate what you celebrate. I've heard that said before. You elevate what you celebrate. And if you celebrate the hurt in your life, you'll never be a person filled with hope. But if you choose to celebrate the hope that you have in Jesus, come on, church. If you choose to celebrate the hope that you have in Jesus Christ, there is more in his presence when you celebrate the hope that he brings, and you'd let go of the hurt that's in your life. Hope-filled people bring hope. Why do you celebrate hope? Why do you celebrate hope? Because people full of hope in Jesus live differently. Hope is that fuel that moves us forward in our relationship with Jesus. Hope drives us to get moving again. Hope is understanding that we can't do this on our own, but we trust in the one who can do it for us. That's great hope. But hope tends to wane in our lives over time. Hope tends to, to leak. How many of you guys know, like, we, we tend to, to leak hope in our lives. We, we can be filled with hope for a season, but, but if we're not intentional about shoring up hope and reinforcing hope in our lives, it will, it will leak over time. We've got to do some things that will continually refill this hope that we need in our hearts, because if not, we'll start leaning back into the hurt that we've had instead of the hope that he gives us. So to continually reinforce forces, we've got to do, th do some things. If we really believe that hope in Jesus is greater than harbored hurt in our hearts, if we really believe that Jesus wants to exchange a heart full of hurt for a heart full of hope, we've got to do some things. And the first thing, there's five I'm going to share with you today. The first thing we've got to realize to be filled with hope and to re reassure our lives and to, 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 to re-navigate our lives back to hope, the first thing you've got to do is realize that community Community is greater than the crowd. 
Community is greater than the crowd. Listen, I love the crowd. I love being a part of the crowd. I love being a part uh, of crowds like this on Sunday morning. And, and it's important in a lot of ways. But community is greater than the crowd. Listen, I want to know where your heart is at on this hope thing. And for you to continue to grow in hope in your lives, you just can't be a spectator and show up at the crowd. you got to be a person that shows up to community and gets connected with community. Because let me tell you something. A crowd will pack a house, but community will pack a heart. A crowd will pack a house, but community will pack a heart. It'll give you hope that a crowd can't. When you surround yourself with people that believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, when you surround yourself with community that be- and people that believe that Jesus, Jesus is the resurrection and the life, something begins to change in your life. And hope springs back up again. And for some of us, the last few years has been difficult, and we've saw our hope fade. And the reason we've saw our hope fade in a lot of seasons and a lot of ways is because we've had to distance ourselves from community. But I'm telling you, there's a season coming, and I believe it's even here and now, when we as chapel, when we choose to engage back into community, and Jesus begins to fill his people and his church with hope again that they've lost the last year and a half to two years. I believe there are some champions in the room today that, and you are community group leaders, and I want to applaud you this morning because community has been difficult, but leading community has been even more difficult the last few years. And if you've done your part to say, you know what, I just don't want to be a part of community, I want to lead community, I want to, to thank you because I believe it is one of the keys that will help Chapel to accomplish the dreams and the vision that he has for this place. And if you're saying God's just moving in your heart right now and you're saying, I, I, wanna, I wanna be one of those people that lead people in community because you understand that, that community is greater than the crowd. I wanna be one of those people that lead people in community. I want you to do something. I want you to come find me. I want you to talk to me. And I wanna talk to you about leading a community group because we have to understand if we want hope to be reinforced in our lives, we've gotta be people filled with hope. And the way we get that hope and reinforced in our lives is understand that community is greater than the crowd. So get connected with community. Community is huge. Get connected with community. Jesus cared less about the crowd. You realize that? You read the scriptures. He cared less about the crowd He cared deeply about community. The 12 that he surrounded himself with was his community. Those people were the ones he poured his life into. There was was one moment where where the crowd left, and it it didn't really bother Jesus. He looked at his disciples and said, hey, are you guys going to leave too? And you know what? They said, no, 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 We're we're not leaving. Where would we go? We have no place to go. Because they had surrounded themselves with Jesus and a community that can move forward in hope in Jesus Christ. So community is greater than the crowd. The next one is this. His presence is greater than popularity. His presence is greater than popularity. His presence is greater than popularity. We live in a world where people want to elevate their platform above his presence. We live in a world where people want to elevate their name above the name of Jesus. We live in a world who want to say, hey, you know what? What's most important is me and not him. 
And when we do that, we start to lose hope. If we want to sure up the hope that Jesus brings in our life, we've got to spend time at his feet, church. You just got to. You got to spend time at his feet and not worry about what he can do for us and to make us known, but what we can do for him and to make him known. So many times we get so sucked into this world of thinking, yeah, yeah, I want people to know me. Yeah, I want people to know what's going on in my life. I want people to know what's happening to me. But can I tell you, his presence is greater than popularity. Just ask any pro sport figure. Just ask any musician. Just, just ask Vanilla Ice. I'm telling you, just ask people because his presence is right. Did he just say Vanilla Ice? Yeah, he did. Okay, his presence is greater than popularity. Spending time in his presence allows you to hear what he says about you and not what this world says about you. Hear his words about you. Matthew 6, 33. One of my top 10 favorite scriptures. What does it say? Seek him and his kingdom. What? First. His presence is more important. And for some of us in the room, the reason our hope has waned, the reason our hope has leaked the last year or two is because we've got away from spending time in his presence. His presence is greater than popularity. His presence, his presence is greater than me. It's a new week. Start fresh later today. Spend some time with Jesus. Sit at his feet. And then the next one to just piggyback right on top of that is, is he is greater than me. He is greater than me. If we want to understand, man, that there is a hope that Jesus wants to bring to our life and stay in our life, we've got to understand that he is greater than me. This goes right along with his presence is greater than popularity. I love John 3.30. It's probably one of my top five verses in all the Bible. It's John the Baptist. And what does he say? He says, he says, he must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. Listen, John the Baptist had the opportunity to elevate his platform. He had the opportunity to elevate his name. John the Baptist's disciples came to him right before the scripture and said, hey, listen, John, Jesus, he's, he, he's got a lot of people following him. He's baptizing a lot of people. That, that was our job. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Aren't we supposed to be doing that? And for, for John's disciples, it was, it was a popularity competition. It was about them and what they could do. But for John, he realized that was not the way. And in John 3.30, you see John the Baptist's true heart. He says, he must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. He's got to become greater. I've got to become less. Hope will fill your heart when you understand that he is greater than me. And when you spend time in his presence, you realize how insignificant we all really are and how significant he truly is. Amen? He is greater than me. Don't be deceived, church. Don't be deceived in thinking that, that you can achieve something great in life. Don't be deceived in, in thinking that, that your name is great. Know that he is greater than me. And no matter if you achieve a ton of what we would call success here on this earth, in the presence of God when we get to heaven, it all is a pile of trash compared to what he offers us there in his presence. Amen?
hope, hope in him. He is greater than me. My hope is in him, not in me. Listen, I, I don't care about people knowing me. I care about people being, I don't care about people being impressed with me. I care about people knowing him. I care about people understanding who he is and knowing who he is. Two more. The next one is this. Your future is greater than your past. Amen, church? Your future is greater than your past. This was, this is a fun one because we all got stuff in our past, right guys? We all got stuff back there in our past. We've all got things in our past, but if you want to sure up some hope in your life, you've got to understand something this morning, that your future is greater than your past. You've got to understand something, that your tomorrow is greater than your yesterday. I'm so grateful for a God who can redeem my past. Amen, church? He can take my past. He can throw it all away. He can throw it all out, and I can stand in his presence and know that I have a great future in and through my Savior, Jesus Christ. He will redeem our past. He'll take it and what we thought was lost, the years we thought we'd wasted, somehow, supernaturally, he takes that and rolls it up to where we are and throws it out into our future and says, no, 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 no. Your future is greater than your past. I don't know about you, church, but that gives me great hope this morning. My future is greater than my past. Jesus can redeem the past and refresh your current path. Joel 2.25, I will restore to you the years the locusts have eaten. Haggai 2.9, the latter glory of this house will be greater than the former. I'm going to read that one again. The latter glory of this house will be greater than the former. What is God saying there in that scripture? He's saying that if you want to have hope in me, understand that your future is so much greater than your past. Your future is greater than your past. Look forward today and know that your future is greater than your past. Let that truth fill you with great hope. And then the last one, this is my favorite. Pastors always do that, right? They save their favorite for last. This is my favorite. If we want to know that hope can live in our life and fill our heart up, with hope fresh and anew. You have to understand that well done is greater than amen. Well done is greater than amen. Now, I didn't say that amen wasn't important, okay? I love a good prayer and a strong amen. So be it, Lord. So be it. I love a strong prayer and a good amen. God, you do it. We're trusting in you to do it. Amen. But can I tell you something this morning, chapel? Can I let you know that well done is the culmination of all of our amens. Well done is the exclamation point on our life of all of the amens we prayed. Well done is the beginning of a forever time with Jesus and the culmination of every amen we've ever prayed. I don't know about you, but I'm excited and it fills me with hope this morning to know that one day, one day, just maybe, I'll bow at the feet of Jesus and it will no longer be amen. It will no longer be so be it, God. It will no longer be, God, I'm trusting you with this, but it will be well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into your rest. Well done is greater than amen. 
And that gives us great hope. Well done is a life well lived. Well done is the result of some actions that you've taken in your life. Well done is the result of some work that's happened in your life. Well done is the result of you saying, God, I have trusted in you. I put my hope in you. I put my life in your hands. Well done. Amen is the ending of a thing. Well done is the beginning of a forever party in heaven. Romans 5, 5 says, hope does not put us to shame. And I, I really had to read that scripture in Romans 5, 5 a few times through this week. Just let it kind of marinate in my heart. It's like hope does not put us to shame. Like what? It, I understand what it's saying, but I don't completely get everything that it's saying. And this week, it, God just, just showed me that hope does not put us to shame because everything we've hoped in one day we'll see through the lens of Christ. And when he says, well done, there is no shame in the hope that we've had in Jesus Christ. Some people may look at you and say, man, who are they? Who do they, they believe in Jesus? They believe in God. They believe that he can move in their life. And they may try to shame you. But the hope that you have in Jesus does not put us to shame. The hope of well done will not put us to shame. So this morning, I want to encourage you. Jesus, he'll exchange a, a heart full of hurt for a heart full of hope. I'll say it one more time. Jesus today wants to exchange a heart full of hurt for a heart full of hope. Where are you at this morning? Do you really need to know that Jesus is greater than your hurt? Do you really need to know today and here again that, that the hope that Jesus brings is greater than the harbored hurt that you've lived with for years. The hope that Jesus brings is greater than the hurt that we hang on to. Community, how do we sure up that hope in our lives? Community is greater than crowd. His presence is greater than popularity. He is greater than me. Our future is greater than our past. Remember, well done is greater than amen. God sent his son to the earth to exchange our hurt for great hope. He took on our pain so that we wouldn't have to experience it anymore. And we can give him our hurt in exchange for hope. Can I pray with you this morning, Chapel? Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for God, this beautiful family, chapel, God, that we get to be a, a part of. God, I pray that, God, if there's some of us in the room that are walking in hurt instead of hope, God, that we would release it today to you and that we'd be filled with hope again. And for some of us in the room that maybe 
we have been filled with hope, but the hope has waned. The hope has faded, and we need to surround ourselves with community to reassure that hope in our lives. We need to surround ourselves again with your presence. We need to know that you, God, are greater than me. We need to know, God, that our future is greater than our past. We need to know that, God, well done is greater than amen. God, I pray we'd sure that hope up in our life one more time and that we'd be intentional about it. God, in our faith, every single week, every single day. This morning, you know, eyes, eyes bowed, eyes closed, heads bowed. If, if you would say, you know what, I, I need to experience this hope in Jesus. I need to experience this hope that Jesus brings. I, I'm gonna ask you to, to make a, a bold move this morning to just stand your feet Say, that's me. I need to experience this hope in Jesus today. If that's you, just stand your feet. I want to pray with you today. I want to pray for you. I need to experience this hope that Jesus brings. Anybody else in the room, a bold move, you'd stand and say, I I want to experience this hope in Jesus. Man, if you're close to someone standing, will you just put a hand on them right now? And let's just pray for them. God, we pray, God, for our Brothers and sisters today, God, we pray that you would fill them with hope and the hurt, God, would move out of their life. It it does not have a room in the house. God, it doesn't have a room in the house of our heart, God, but fill us with hope. God, take away the hurt and fill us with your great hope this morning. Do it like only you can do, God. Do it like only you can do, Jesus. And then I believe there's some more people in the room that that you'd say, you know what, I I was filled with hope for a season, but that has has leaked from my life. It has waned in my life. And and today I need to to be intentional about maybe surrounding myself with with community that believe in Jesus. I need to be intentional about sitting at his feet and spending time in his presence. I need to be intentional about realizing that, that he is more important than me, that his presence is more important than popularity, that I have a great future in him. And that my past doesn't matter anymore. It's under the blood of Jesus Christ. And that I can look forward to well done one day. If your hope needs to be shored up today and you need an infusion of hope into your heart and into your life today, would you just stand your feet right now all across the room? I need fresh hope today. I need fresh hope in him, through him. I, I need God just to, to give me that fresh hope. I need to, to do that in my heart. In my, I need that in my heart and in my life today. Anybody else? Yeah, I see a few more people. Anybody else? This is your moment. God wants to, to sure up that hope. He wants, to, he wants to give you that fresh hope anew, even now, right now, in his presence, in his spirit. We all stand and pray today. God, we thank you. God, that you are a good and faithful God. And I pray for those that just need some fresh hope today. It's been a long few years that God, you can give them the hope that they need. God, to move from hope to endurance to character, or to move from hurt to endurance to character to hope. God, fill us with your hope today. Sure it up in our lives. 
May we be people that lean into community, lean into your presence, lean into you more than ourselves. See, God, our future filled with great hope and understand that well done is greater than amen. Blessings on my friends today. Fill them with your hope. We love you. We trust you in this Christmas season. God, may we be people who are filled with hope and defined by hope in Jesus and not our hurt, not our pain. We love you. We thank you. I want to leave you with one final scripture this morning, Romans 15. This has kind of been my prayer most of this week. Um, Miss Nancy actually shared this scripture with me this week. She said, this is a great scripture, and it stuck with me. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in Hope Chapel. Be filled with hope today. Amen. Amen.